Hi everyone, this is Patience minus Paul and welcome to the Book of Boredom where we read the Book of Mormon for you so you don't have to. We try to make it a little less boring. We try to mock it. We try to make some fun out of it. We also try to understand it a little bit if there's anything there to understand. I don't think there's anything there to understand. Since Paul has gone, and don't get the wrong idea, I don't hate Paul. Paul's a great guy. He's just left the pod, and I do wish him all the best. Since he's left, we need a new co-host. So over the next few episodes, we'll be trying out some guest co-hosts who may or may not want to stick around and do this a little more permanently. We'll see. So please leave your comments. That's usually in our Facebook group. Also, we had some Patreon-only episodes that Paul and I created, they are now available to the public. So if there's an episode that was Patreon only that you didn't really want to pay that minimal amount for, well, you can just go over there and listen to it all now. Um, I've also suspended the billing on Patreon for the moment until I get a new plan without Paul about what we're going to do on there. I want to bring you some really good stuff, probably a little bit different to what we were doing with Paul and I before, because a lot of that was Paul's creative genius and it was definitely good fun to do but I want to do something a bit different so stay tuned for that you can follow us on Patreon without actually subscribing so if you do that you'll be able to stay up to date with whatever changes happen there and like I said the billing's suspended until I come up with something good which shouldn't take too long please leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on that would just be so rad just leave us a nice comment you can leave a nice comment about Paul. He'll always be part of this podcast. You can leave a nice comment about me. You can leave a nice comment about one of our guest co-hosts over the next few weeks and follow us on all the socials. You can find those handles on our website, bookofboredom.com. All right, I am sick of doing all of that business. Now to get down to the fun stuff and to introduce our guest co-host, Jones. Hello, Jones. How are you doing? Ah, oh, so good. You must have been so bored just sitting there while I did five minutes of recording my own voice. I just play songs on my phone. I'm fine. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is oftentimes how I deal with social <laughs> situations. So, you know, I listen with one ear so I can figure out, oh, am I supposed to pay attention now? And so that's what I was doing. That's right. You're a little bit neurodivergent too, aren't you? A little bit is definitely a mild word <laughs> for it. Yeah, I am autistic which means I'm a little odd. I've always been odd. And uh, actually, it was last year when I was the age of 43 that I was finally diagnosed uh, as being autistic. So for, you know, 40 years, I was just the weird guy. Now we know why I'm the weird guy, because my brain processes the entire world differently. Just as a precursor, I swear like a sailor. So good. There will be four letter words, five letter words, six letter words. I, I know a lot of swear words. And good. You know, so you can say cunt because I'm an Australian. Okay. Yeah. I could, yeah as, <laughs> as your listeners can probably tell, I am not an Australian. And here in America, you say cunt and people are like, you're going to hell. Or, you know, they say something worse, which is really not good. They're fine saying the N word, but if you say cunt, they're like, that's horrible. That's weird, isn't it? Uh, it, you, oh, I. 
I'm from Utah as well. So I am in the midst of Mormonism here. Oh. So my eldest child, when they're at high school, she's like, all these Mormons are like, oh, you can't swear, don't swear, don't swear. And then they're popping off the N-word like five times in a sentence and they're Whoa, denigrating really? uh, LGBTQ people. Yeah, I hate Utah. I'm not a Utah native. I hate it here. I wouldn't have thought that that word got used. Are you kidding? Oh, crap. Well, not only am I in Utah, I am in Utah County, which is where Provo is. Provo is where Brigham Young University is. Right. This is like Mormon Central. Oh, right. The church is headquartered up in Salt Lake City, but Salt Lake City now is actually a fairly metropolitan, diverse area. But Utah County is extremely insular. So there's a lot of backwards ideas here. Rednecks, as we call them, you know, shit kickers is also something we call them. You know, so a lot of kind of backwards ideas. Yes, which I've been told by some people is just as offensive as the N-word because it's denigrating people that kick shit. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) So I'm assuming you grew up around here as well. Is that right? No, I grew up in Arizona, which is for the non-Americans is the uh, state just south of Utah. The, The place I grew up with is a little kind of a liberal spot in the middle of a very conservative state. Right. And not only that, Mormons were not the majority of people down there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was because I was born and raised Mormon and growing up around non-Mormons certainly exposed me to a lot of different people, a lot of different ideas. The Mormon church is very much about insulating yourself from the world. They say like, be in the world but not be part of the world. Like, let your light influence the world and don't let the world's darkness influence yourself. I lived in Arizona until I was 24 and then I graduated from college and I moved up here to Utah and it was completely different. Utah Mormons are their own breed of Mormons. (laughs) It was quite the eye opener. It was really (laughs) annoying because at the time I was not a participating Mormon so I was surrounded by really self-righteous annoying people. It sucked. So that must have been quite the culture shock, especially being autistic and then having to come up against a different social structure again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I do not deal well with change. <laughs> no. It was quite a mind fuck. Um, you know, I eventually adapted. I ended up doing my master's program up here in Utah, which is, you know, what you get after you do your first four years of university here in America. Oh, and tell everyone what you studied because it was quite interesting, quite arty. Technical theater and design. Basically, lighting, sound, scenic design, basically everything that happens behind the scenes except for costuming was what I was into. I can't sew or shit. So I didn't do that. <laughs> but everything else I did. And I actually I got a bachelor's degree in that and I got a master's Ooh. degree in that as well. I'd imagine you'd be quite good with your hands after all of that, building things. And My sense. wife's never complained, that's for sure. So you grew up Mormon. Quite early on, you weren't that into it, if I remember from our earlier conversations. Yes, as much as I could growing up. Yeah. Because my mom and dad were and still are quite devout. Right. They're pretty liberal for Mormons, which means they're approaching moderate, but they're not quite there yet. But that generally doesn't apply to their kids, especially with me and my sister, who's just a year younger than me. They were trying to hold us to the iron rod, which actually... Oh, the iron rod. You've encountered the iron rod. Hold 
Hold to the rod, the iron rod. I've encountered the iron rod, yes. I think that was in First Nephi. Yes, it was. First Nephi, Lehi's... Bizarre vision. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which was actually based on a vision that Joseph Smith Sr. had. Oh, really? And had told the family about while Joseph was growing up. Ah. Oh, amazingly enough, Lehi had a very similar dream. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> interesting information. The shit they don't tell you growing up. So schizophrenia runs in his family. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not a psychologist, but then there have been lots of things about what may have been going on in his family and what type of mental disabilities. It's really interesting for us American Expos to notice the incredible similarities between Joseph Smith and our previous president. Joseph Smith would just tell tales, just tell stories. (laughs) And he would try things, treasure digging. He would try all sorts of things and fail. He'd give it a go. Yeah, he'd give it a go and he'd fail. And while most people maybe do some introspection, go, you know what? I really fucking suck at this. Maybe I should stop. Joseph Smith just went, all right, I'm going to do the next thing. And <laughs> instead of trying to hide or trying to lay low for a while, he's just come up with his next scheme, next scheme, next scheme. And for the Americans, that sounds an awful lot like something Trump would do. Yeah. Like Trump has just been lying his entire fucking life. Yeah. And every time it cries, he just tells a taller, taller, taller tale. Both my wife and I were very struck by just the similarities. At the beginning of Trump's presidency, she was still doing her best to be a good Mormon. And now my wife drinks coffee and wears tank tops. So (laughs) things happen. Ah. Thanks, Trump, I guess. (laughs) Trump happens. People leave the church. Yeah. (laughs) But faithful Mormons will say it's just a sign of the times. You know, it's the last days. But it's been the last days since Joseph Smith first started spewing shit out of his mouth. Nothing happened yet. So, <laughs> your family has really only all been out pretty recently, haven't you? Well, yeah, officially, my wife and kids resigned last month. I resigned in October of 2020. I've been a physically and mentally out Mormon or a PMO. <laughs> I've seen that and I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I've been like that since I was probably about 10. Right. And then I spent a few years as a completely out Mormon. And then I went back in, tried to believe for, you know, eight months or something like that. And then have been physically and mentally out for the majority of my wife and I being married, which is coming up on 19 years now here in May. But when I met my wife, she was a Happy Valley girl. Happy Valley is Utah Valley, which is here in Utah County. She was born and raised here in Utah. Happy Valley girl. Yeah. Happy Valley girl, Molly Mormon, (laughs) all terms for, you know, a really straight laced Mormon girl. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so for the majority of our time together, you know, I was like going and she was, you know, just going along. But when COVID hit here in the States, they were like, OK, don't go to church. And by that time, I was not going to church, but her and the kids were still going. And so there wasn't really an option. And the kids didn't like sitting down and watching church on the TV or the computer because it's fucking boring. Why are you going to waste your goddamn time watching on TV when you've got something on Netflix to watch? And so at that point, for the next few months, my wife was able to realize that she didn't need church to be happy. And she'd been having problems with the church for a few years now. And she'd been doing what 
us Exmos call putting stuff on her shelf. I've seen that. You know, if there was an issue, she'd put it on the shelf, ignore it, don't deal with it. And then she had the time to actually examine that stuff. The family has been PIMO, if you will. My kids have been there for two or three years. Okay, cool. You know, between one and three years, depending on which kid it is. And my wife has been uh-huh. there for about a year and a half. Right, fairly recent. So, shall we get on and read this thing? <laughs> yeah, sure, let's get to it. All right. And if anything comes up, if you remember anything you want to say, just jump in. It's all good. Interject. That's what makes it good. Yeah, that's how my brain works. So it's going to happen. We'll do three verses at a time. Something I actually found during the week Mm -hmm. is the original (laughs) 1830 edition of the Book of Mormon text. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Now, I don't have that ready to read today. I do have it in front of me, but it's not split into verses. No, it's not. So I'd have to do that manually. The funny thing about the Book of Mormon is Joseph Smith said it was the most perfect book. Ah, so perfect. (laughs) They've spent the last 180 years changing grammatical errors. I know. In fact, there's stuff in this that they didn't change that they should have changed if they had been being consistent with the other changes that they made elsewhere in the book. I know. Isn't it funny, the things that they haven't changed? I've noticed that. Let's be kind to those poor, you know, 1800 people. They didn't have Control F on their keyboard. They could go, uh, Control find God and Jesus is one person fight okay God and Jesus are two people you know they, they, they couldn't do that so I'll try and have some grace for them that's nice I try to be nice I love that you have some grace for the Mormons let's be clear I said I try to have some grace <laughs> did not say I'm successful at it even more than 5 to 15 percent is usually about my top level right now I'm working on it as long as we try. Yes, exactly. When people leave religions, I think almost everyone goes through this period where you go really anti it. And then it's like, well, isn't that kind of the exact same problem, but just the opposite? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing to realize about that is we are all just jumped up apes. Right. We have animal instincts. Oh, we do, don't we? Tribalism and us versus them that is wired into our DNA. It is. Getting over that stuff takes some effort. It does. It takes some time. Mm. And some people are able to do it and some people don't want to put forth the effort. Right. Getting over our natural instinct for in-grouping and out-grouping, which is mm-hmm. manifested in religions and cults and things like that, even when you're out yeah. of them, it's still difficult to get past it. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So let's read this, Hoshet. All right. That's fine. Second Nephi, chapter 31. I read a bit of this earlier and like the whole first four verses he's basically saying oh I've only said a little bit oh I've been so plain over and over and over like he has before yeah and he supposedly has limited space on the plates mm-hmm. and then he's just guffing on okay well you gotta understand that with reformed Egyptian which is what the plates were written in <laughs> you could have an entire fucking paragraph in just one character one character. Oh. Or verse one and two might just be one character. Right. Every so, character is a universe. Exactly. Worlds within worlds. Uh, <laughs> of course, you know, those characters have been written down and discovered and they've realized that it's bullshit. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, this is the original story as told by Joseph Smith. <laughs> it was in a compressed format, basically. That's right. He zipped it. Exactly. He zipped it down, <laughs> took out all the empty spaces, and now it looks like a squiggly snake with a, a stick up its ass. I don't know. That's right. It was compressed. Pressed, zipped, reformed Egyptian. Exactly. And he decoded it. Mm. What a man. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that was keeping in with Egypt mania had been going on for a while. And, and Joseph certainly did get caught up in that. I mean, that's <laughs> how we get the Book of Abraham, which is another Mormon thing. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, well, that's part of what the Mormons call the Pearl of Great Price. Yes. Which is not part of the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Joseph had a salesman come through and he was selling mummies and scrolls of papyrus. And people did weird stuff. They used to grind up mummies and snort them or put them in drinks for medicinal oh, purposes. Jesus. So, yeah, it's gross. But um, so <laughs> Joseph got the, these papyri and he translated the actual Egyptian and, oh God, this is a book written by the hand of Abraham, blah, blah, blah. And then the original scroll ended up in a museum in Chicago. During the Great Chicago Fire, whatever fucking year that was, it burned down and they thought the scroll had been lost. Well, sometime in the early part of the 1900s, I think they discovered the actual original papyri. And by that time, the Rosetta Zone had been translated and they looked at this papyri and say, wait a second, this is a common Egyptian funerary text that hasn't got a goddamn thing to do with Abraham. It was not written anytime around the time that Abraham supposedly existed. Yeah. This was known by the 1920s. Mormons for the most part, still believe that that was a 100% translation. It's still in the scriptures. Like, they have the pictures Joseph Smith supposedly translated where anyone could look at them, and any Egyptologist can look at them and go, wait a second, that's not what that says. No. There's one Egyptian <laughs> god as drawn on the funerary text. He's got an erection. He's, he's, his dick is standing in touch with you out there. <laughs> it has to do with the rebirth process, because this is a funerary text that's basically telling the person the funerary text was written for the steps he needed to go through and what would happen for him to go through to the afterlife and be reborn. Right. So Joseph Smith took that horny Egyptian god with a big old boner on and <laughs> he did some editing to it, I think. He drew on its dick. No, he didn't draw on his dick. Oh. It, the head was missing from the original papyri and the head was <laughs> an animal head of some sort. And he drew it with a regular head, and he said that was God, and that was him holding his rod of power. Oh. Not meaning his rod of power. So, well, but, Joseph know. was all about his rod of power, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly so. Exactly so. He liked to hold yeah, his rod. See how many. <laughs> yeah, he liked as many ladies as he could get to hold his rods. So. Which is ironic because then Mormonism became about telling its people that no, you can't hold your rod. <laughs> Well, one of the things I think is funny about cults is that inevitably the person who's founded the cult is going to get a revelation from God that he needs to fuck that dude's wife. Yes. Every single time. David Koresh did it. Oh, they're so horny. They are. Like, God's like, you need to go fuck somebody else's wife. It's biology. <laughs> yeah, it is biology, but then they claim it's from God. All right. Well... Second Nephi, chapter 31, verse 1. The preface is you know, basically an overview of what's going to happen in this chapter. And this, of course, was not part of the original edition. They added in later. <laughs> so anyway, here it is. Nephi tells why Christ was baptized. Men must follow Christ, be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost, and endure to the end to be saved. Repentance and baptism are the gate to the straight and narrow path. Eternal life comes to those who keep the commandments after baptism. About 559 to 545 BC. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely factual, that one is. Not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I have done some research in this chapter. Oh. There are two things wrong just within the preface. Oh. And it all has to do with that date. 
the 559 to 545 BC. Oh, tell us, Jones. Tell us how it is. The word Christ comes from the Greek word for Christos and the entire concept of Christ. Christ is not a name. Christ is a title similar to Messiah. And that word didn't come into being until after Christ's death. (laughs) So if this is 559 years before Christ was even born, then why do we know this Christ word? And Mormon apologists will just say, oh, well, because God put the word that Joseph knew into his head. Of course. Second problem with this, the concept of baptism did not exist at this time. In Jewish culture, which these people supposedly came from, baptism did not exist. Yeah. There was washing by immersion, but it had nothing to do with cleansing you of your sins. It had to do with cleansing you from physical impurities or ailments. Right, yeah. And it it was a ritual washing that could occur many times. Baptism is like one and you're done. So (laughs) apologists will point to that. Look, look, they were doing that. But the concept of baptism and this Jewish washing by immersion are just like completely different. So I love that little tidbit. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's get through these first few boring verses because they are incredibly boring and plain, as you'll see. But thankfully, it is short. This this is one of the uh, chapters that when you were growing up Mormon, it was time to do your family scripture studies before you got to bed or before you got to eat breakfast. This is one of those chapters that you would be happy to get because, man, you could burn through 21 verses like that. And then the next chapter, if we get to it, is only eight verses. Yeah, it's really small. This was five minutes. You get through this shit and then you can go to bed or you can have breakfast or you can do whatever <laughs> it is that mom and dad aren't letting you do until you get your scripture studies done. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> All right, so, and now I, Nephi, make an end of my prophesying unto you, my beloved brethren, and I cannot write but a few things, which I know must surely come to pass. Neither can I write but a few of the words of my brother Jacob. (laughs) All right, verse two. Wherefore, the things which I have written sufficeth me, save it be a few words which I must speak concerning the doctrine of Christ, a name which never existed at this point. (laughs) Right. Well, it existed in the King James Version of the Bible that Joseph Smith was privy to. So, of course, the Book of Mormon is often described as fanfic of the Bible because it basically is just taking stuff from the Bible and throwing it together. For example, in this verse, the words, the doctrine of Christ Yep, that we just read. Yep, that we just read. Also appear in 2 John 1, 9 and Hebrews 6, 1. That <laughs> phrase right there. Said that way in those words, in that wow. word. And this entire chapter, I mean, there's stuff from Peter, from Revelations, from John again. Basically, Joseph Smith, one of the few books they had in the house growing up was the Bible. And he read it a whole fucking lot. Uh-huh. And you can tell because he puts the language of the Bible, specifically the version of the King James Bible, that he grew up with, it's just peppered all throughout the market. But then he used all of those New Testament terminologies to a people that only had the Tanakh. So right, exactly. That's just horseshit. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, if you could boil the entirety of the book Mormon down to two, three words, it's, it's just, just horseshit. horseshit. Exactly. 
You know what I find funny though? Like the Book of Mormon might be Bible fan fiction, but I find the New Testament to be Tanakh fan fiction. (laughs) You know what? Part of my shortcomings uh, as a Mormon is we say that the Bible is one of the standard works of Mormonism, one of our scriptures. We don't pay that fucking much attention to it. I've noticed that. And we certainly don't pay any attention to the origins of the Bible or how it's related to the Torah, you know, how it's related to, I don't even know what the word Tanakh is. I'm assuming it's part of the Jewish scripture, but... It's essentially the Old Testament, but it's, yeah, it's the Jewish scriptures. Is it like the first five books? That's the Torah, but the whole of the standard Jewish scriptures is the Tanakh. Ah, okay. All right, cool. Yeah. We are never going to get to this fucking chapter. I need to shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So we got up to Doctrine of Christ. Right. Semicolon. Wherefore, I shall speak unto you plainly. Oh, I love speaking plainly. According to the plainness of my prophesying. I used to say plain Jane. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, very much. <laughs> For my soul delighteth in plainness. Ah, oh, he loves it when he's simple. Yep. For after this manner doth the Lord God work among the children of men for the Lord God giveth light unto the understanding semicolon for he speaketh unto men according to their language unto their understanding what the fuck was that all about he speaketh unto them and work among them and it's obvious what it is it's very plain it's plain it's right there you can totally understand it it's so plain what he's saying that we don't even need to explain it because he's already says it's plain obviously he's saying nothing He's saying that it's plain four fucking times, but yeah, that's one of the things in Mormonism, like the scriptures are plain and simple. If you don't get them, well, uh, that's your fault. (laughs) Not the fact that this is a word salad that nobody can fucking understand. No, it's your fault that you don't get it. I think he's almost calling his listeners simpletons because he's saying Mm -hmm. God speaks to them according to their own language. You guys are all simple, so he's giving it to you simple and you guys are just retarded. That's what he's saying. Yeah, exactly. He speaks to you in the simple, plain words of your understanding. So if you don't get this, you're dumb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's see. Here's our favorite word again. (laughs) Verse three. For my soul delighteth in plainness. After this manner doth the Lord. Oh, fuck me sideways. You're right. You did. Okay. (laughs) Then let's go on to verse four. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 4. Verse 4. Uh, wherefore, I would that you should remember that I have spoken unto you concerning that prophet which the Lord showed unto me that should baptize the Lamb of God which should taketh away the sins of the world. Talking about Johnny Boy there, John the Baptist. Yeah, that's right. Baptizing, which didn't exist. Verse 5. <laughs> and now if the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness, Oh, then how much more need have we being unholy to be baptized? Yea, even by water, exclamation point. I love the way that he says, how much more do we need to be baptized? And then adds on the end, yay, even by water. I mean, how else would you baptize someone with rocks? That'd be a stoning, wouldn't it? Baptism (laughs) didn't exist. So yeah, he has to specify by water. They might do it with (gasps) fucking, you know, barley soup or something like that. And then, oh, gee, they would have egg on their face after that one. (laughs) 
called barley. <laughs> yeah, barley, which is all through the Book of Mormon and which did not exist in the Americas until the Spaniards brought it. That's right. It's corn in the Americas, yo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That was a tangent. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, uh, verse six. And now I would ask of you, my beloved brethren, where in the Lamb of God did fulfill all righteousness in being baptized by water? Question mark. He's asking us something. What is he asking us? Yeah, I'm not exactly That's sure. a weird question. Is it a rhetorical question? I, I think it's a rhetorical question. Uh, yeah. Well, how does he do it? By doing what I said he just did. <laughs> Where did he come from? Where did he go? <laughs> Where did he come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Exactly. That's it. So. All right. Verse 7. Know ye not that he was holy? Question mark. But notwithstanding, he being holy, he showeth unto the children of men that according to the flesh, he humbleth himself before the Father and witnesseth unto the Father that he would be obedient unto him in keeping his commandments. All right, so this guy's going to be good with following the Father. Got it, right? Right. I mean, he was holy. So, of course, A, he followed the Father, but B, he was holy. So he didn't need to be baptized. It's circular logic. That's weird, isn't it? He didn't need to be baptized, mm-hmm. and we're going to baptize him anyway. Uh, yeah, exactly. He didn't need to be baptized, but... Why? Uh, mm-hmm. Verse 8. Wherefore, after he was baptized with water, <laughs> the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove. Ah, oh, it's almost like he's read John. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting thing. And a lot of the sources for my information about this chapter come from a website called the Come Follow Me podcast. Oh. Um, so you can look it up. Is that come as in C-U-M? No. It's not. They missed out on an opportunity there. They did. Oh, I'm sorry. The website's actually called TalkingMormons.com. Okay. The podcast is called Come Follow Me Podcast. Yeah. So that's where I got a lot of information. Here's something interesting about verse 8. In the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, so something that he taught in a book that the church published, on page 275, Joseph Smith says, the Holy Ghost is a personage. It, because the Holy Ghost doesn't have genitalia. I don't know. It's a ghost. (laughs) It does not confine itself to the form of the dove, but the sign of the dove. The Holy Ghost cannot be transformed into a dove. So, the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove, except that Joseph Smith said that the Holy Ghost cannot be transformed into a dove. So, it was a fake Holy Ghost. Or it was just a dove that needed to land and maybe take a shit. I don't know. (laughs) So, it was a fake Holy Ghost. Yeah, it's a fake Holy Ghost. It's a Holy Ghost. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it was probably a devil and what Jesus needed to do was try and shake the dove's hand and if the dove tried to shake his hand and failed then it was the devil oh. and if it didn't try to shake his hand and just ignored him then it's actually an angel or the Holy Ghost. Or just a dove. Yeah that's how Joseph Smith taught us to be able to tell the difference between angel and demon. Really? Yeah neither one of them have bodies of flesh and bone. Oh. But devils can't help but being lying and false so they're going to try and shake your hand but since they don't have a body they're handle just pass through you and you're like oh well you're a devil but if they don't try and shake your hand then they are an angel or a holy ghost so jesus should have tried to shake the claw of the dove and the dove yes. would have gone mm-hmm. right and not let him and then he would have known it was a holy ghost right or if he had grabbed it he would have figured out it's just a dove <laughs> 
Right. We know that it was just a dove because the Holy Ghost can't be transformed into a dove. We are never going to get through this fucking wow. chapter. Jesus Christ. All right. I Jones, thought God you need could to do anything, and yet apparently there's something he can't do. Yep. All right. Verse 9. And again, it showeth unto the children of men the straightness <laughs> of the path and the narrowness of the gate. Ah, oh, Smitty loves it when it's straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. By which they should enter. He having set the example for them. All right, take it away, Jones. All right. And he said unto the children of men, follow thou me. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, can we follow Jesus, save we should be willing to keep the commandments of the Father? Verse 11. And the Father said, repent ye, repent ye, and be baptized in the name of my beloved Son. Verse 12, and also the voice of the Son came unto me, saying, He that is baptized in my name, to him will the Father give the Holy Ghost, like unto me. Wherefore, follow me, and do the things which ye have seen me do from 600 years in the past. Right. You know what's funny about that is, like, Jesus wouldn't have been baptized unto himself. Mm, Right. So it's almost like they were baptizing unto someone else before that, and then Jesus got baptized under something else and then after that he was saying oh then we've got to be baptized under Jesus it just I don't know he's sanctifying unto himself which if you're a Mormon you know you're not supposed to do that that's that's bad that doesn't sound good well I enjoy doing it but you know All right, verse 13. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, I know that if ye shall follow the Son with full purpose of heart, acting no hypocrisy and no deception before God, but with real intent, repenting of your sins, witnessing unto the Father that ye are willing to take upon you the name of Christ by baptism, yea, by following your Lord and your Saviour down into the water according to his word. Oh my God. Behold, then shall ye receive the Holy Ghost, semicolon, yea, again, then cometh the baptism mm. of fire and of the Holy Ghost, semicolon, and then can ye speak with the tongue of angels, comma, and shout praises yep. unto the Holy One of Israel, full stop. You know what? That was one whole fucking sentence, and he looped back on himself, saying shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. He was just freeballing it the whole way, and the poor scribe just had right. to write that whole shit down. It's no wonder he went through so many goddamn scribes, uh, other than the fact that, you know, he kept excommunicating their asses, and yeah. they'd accept him back, and <laughs> right. kick him out again. And all the punctuation, <laughs> pretty much none of it was in the original manuscript and the original printing. They came in and added the commas and semicolons afterwards. It used to just be one big-ass run-on sentence. I heard that. Yeah, apparently the person who added the initial lot of punctuation was someone who wasn't even a believer. Yeah. I think it was someone who worked for the printing press or something. Yeah, it was the typesetter. Yeah. <laughs> they fought him a lot. I don't remember the dude's name, but yeah, the typesetter, he was not more. He was not a believer. And a lot of the punctuation, the spelling mistakes that were in the manuscript were there because Joseph and his brother Hiram said, no, this is the way we received it. This is the way have to print it. And he's like, but you just spelled that with three X's and you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> nope, nope, that's the way God wanted it. All right, fine. So he did slip in some 
corrections here and there. But for the most part, any of the typos and shit were because of what Joseph had the scribes write down. That's right. The typesetter only made it better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Verse 14. But behold, my beloved brethren, we get it. You love the brethren. You've said it so many fucking times. Very much. Stop chiseling it into the plates. <laughs> That's one of those lovely catchphrases that you see in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, basically, it was just a bunch of sound bites that Joseph had from reading the Bible, and he was just spitting them out uh-huh. and putting them together so that it sounded scriptorial. <laughs> and so it sounds nothing like anything that anybody was speaking at the time, either the time this supposedly happened or the time that this was printed. That's right. It didn't sound like anything. No. But behold, my beloved brethren, thus came the voice of the Son unto me, saying, After ye have repented of your sins and witnessed unto the Father that ye are willing to keep my commandments by the baptism of water and have received the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost and can speak with a new tongue. Yea, even with the tongue of angels. Oh, I bet he'd like to give some angels some tongue, wouldn't you, oh, Smitty? Ew. And after this should deny me, it would have been better for you that ye had not known me. All right. He's saying, if you know all of this shit and then you deny it, that's bad. Yeah, basically. Which in Mormonism is known as being a son of perdition. Oh. Uh, Sons of perdition are people that have a fullness of the knowledge of the gospel and then deny it. Right. Say, no, mm -mm, just push it away. Those are the ones that are going to Mormon hell. Ooh. Everybody else gets into one of the three kingdoms of heaven, but the sons of perdition, the people that reject it, are sent to outer darkness, which is basically nothing. You know nothing, you see nothing, you exist in emptiness. And so all of us ex-Mormons, we're going to outer darkness. Oh, great. We're going to have a party there. Awesome. Yep. (laughs) It'd almost be better if they didn't actually spread the word because then no one would know the fullness of the word and then no one could reject it, right? Mm -hmm. Makes you Mm -hmm. wonder what the fuck they're doing going door to door. Well... Yeah, we can beat that all night. (laughs) All right, I'll read verse 15 and then it's your go. Okay. And I heard a voice from the Father saying, Yay, the words of my beloved are true and faithful. (laughs) Well, he's not going to say they're not, uh, is he? Right. The words of my beloved are full of shit. (laughs) He's fucking making shit up. I don't know what the fuck he's talking (laughs) about. Don't listen to that guy. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. All right, take it away, Jones. Verse 16 then. Now, my beloved brethren, I know by this that unless a man shall endure to the end in following the example of the Son of the living God, he cannot be saved. Wherefore, do the things which I have told you I have seen that your Lord and Redeemer should do. Didn't he just say this fucking two verses ago? Yeah. I think he did. Uh-huh. Do what you saw this guy do. Okay, yeah, we'll get it. <laughs> For this cause have they been shown unto me, that ye might know the gate by which ye should enter. For the gate by which ye should enter is repentance and baptism by water. And then cometh a remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. He's just said this about three different times now. He's such a good improviser that he's yes-anding himself. Mm, Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) No, because when you yes-and, you're supposed to do something different. Not the same shit you just did. Right. Because that would be really boring improvisation. All right, 18. And then are ye in this straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life? Yea, ye have entered 
entered in by the gate. Ye have done according to the commandments of the Father and the Son, and ye have received the Holy Ghost, which witnesses of the Father and the Son <sighs> unto the fulfilling of the promise which he hath made. If ye entered in by the way, ye should receive. Oh, that's the word salad. It's just uh, yeah, this it into that, into this, into that, and witnessing in this, into fulfilling and this, into that. <sighs> A common experience for Mormons, especially Mormon teenagers that are supposed to read the Book of Mormon, is not being able to get through Second Nephi because it's fucking just all like this. And then you get to Isaiah and it's even worse. <laughs> this is a roadblock for so many Mormon kids. They're like, I can't do it. This, what the fuck are they saying? <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So last three verses. And now, my beloved brethren, after ye have gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask... If if all is done, question mark, behold, I say unto you, nay, <laughs> for ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. What? Mm-hmm. You've only come here this far by the word of Christ, but you ain't done yet. Oh. What you have been redeemed through Christ, you still have to do works. It's a whole works versus grace. You know, are you saved by Christ or are you saved by your works? And right, yeah. Grace of Christ is not enough to fully save you, then why are you doing it? Yeah. Which is a common problem amongst other Christian churches too. Exactly so. They exactly vacillate so. between the two about their opinions on that. All right. Mm -hmm. Verse 20. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. <laughs> Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ. <laughs> yeah, just eat those pages. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And endure to the end. <laughs> I've smoked the pages before. They make for good rolling paper for joints, oh, but nice. uh, I don't think that's the same. Is that because the pages are really thin? Yes. Yes. I don't do that anymore, but I, yeah, as a teenager, yeah, we do. I love it. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, if you shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, he shall have eternal life. Yes, we get it. Feast upon and endure to the end. Right, yeah. Then you'll have eternal life. So you're still not going to have eternal life after... Was that thunder? Yeah, we've got a thunderstorm going on out there. Ooh, fun stuff. I'll read the last verse and then I'll show you a picture outside. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, verse 21. And now behold, my beloved brethren, this is the way, semicolon, and there is none other way nor name given under heaven whereby man, but not woman, can be saved in the kingdom of God. And now behold, this is the doctrine of Christ. Oh, there's that phrase again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the only and true doctrine of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, which is one God without end. Amen. Blow it out your ass. Mm -hmm. But I do have one thing to say about this first. Okay. One thing that a lot of Christians say about Mormons is why Mormons aren't Christians is because they don't believe in the Trinity, right? Right, yeah. The Trinity being one God, three different aspects, but one God. <laughs> and because we say we believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and they are separate personages. What a lot of people 
people don't know is that Joseph Smith did not start out that way. Joseph Smith started out believing in the Trinity, the monotheistic, all one thing. And it wasn't until later that his view on God evolved to believing there was three personages. We can see that, for example, in the first vision that he wrote down uh, in his journal <laughs> has him only seeing one person. Like, I think he calls it the Lord, just one person. And by the time it's finally canonized into scripture, years and years later, it's the Father and the Son, two personages. Oh. And throughout the Book of Mormon, God and the Son are separate. God and the Father and the Son are separate. They are three separate entities because they made changes. But they missed this one. They sure did. The doctrine of the Father <laughs> and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, which is one God. Yeah. Not is like unto one God, not <laughs> is, is, is one God in focus, but is just one God, boom. It's not Ismas needs be one God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, they made changes, but they didn't get everything. No. That's very interesting, Jones. Thank you so much for helping me <laughs> understand the ununderstandable bullshit <laughs> of Joseph Smith sure. and hey. possibly Sidney Rigdon. <laughs> All right, I'm going to show you this thunderstorm. Okay. Because I kind of want to see it. I live near where the Mormon temple is. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's actually a temple here Damn. in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the Brisbane River there. Nice. And you can see that I haven't cleaned my windows uh -huh. in a very long time. <laughs> That's shame on me. Oh, and look at this stellar crack in the window. Isn't that just great? Right there. Oh, bummer, dude. Yeah, Jesus. I'd show you out my window, but it's fucking almost eleven o'clock at night right now. Nah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty boring. I have a tiny backyard that's used only for my dog to take a shit in, so nobody wants to see that. <laughs> I saw your dog earlier. What kind of dog is it? Uh, it's a big fucking dog. Mouse. He is mouse. <laughs> yeah, mouse. Come here. Hey, mouse. Come on. Come here, buddy. Come here. Hey. I don't want it. Yeah, Mouse is oh, a Akbash Great so Pyrenees mix. Oh, wow. No, about 140 pound big old fluffy dog. He's massive. Yeah, he's pretty wow. big. He's pretty big. <laughs> we like him. <laughs> he, he doesn't do a hell of a lot, but he's fun to have. Well, thanks so much, Jones, for joining us. Um, I hope everyone yeah, sure, listening sure. has as much fun listening to you as I have had recording this with you. <laughs> well, it'll be an experience, I'm sure. Uh, everyone listening, please leave your comments and leave some nice comments there for Jones. And if there's anything you'd like to see in future episodes or any Patreon content that you've got ideas for, also contact me. Let us know. Drop us a line on you know our Facebook group, which is Book of Border. It's easy to find. Just search it. You can find links to those things on our website as well, bookofboredom.com. Paul always used to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I think I might have to come up with some new way of exiting. I'm not really sure what to do yet. Sure. Have you got any ideas? Uh, good day, mate. I guess I'll good be day, a mate. really annoying American here. <laughs> good day, mate. Oh, I'm a clever American. Look at me fucking saying phrases that I don't know what the fuck they mean. Is there any other Australian stuff you can say? Kangaroo. Uh, boring. Fuck, I'm American. If we ever get you back on again, and I hope we do, I'll have to get you to say some of the Book of Mormon in an Australian accent. Nephi. Nephi? <laughs> Nephi. <laughs> Nephi is father. Layman. No, father's not layman. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. 